Hello and welcome to the Busy Bays podcast, where we provide valuable insight and advice on the marketing and other business type questions that auto repair shops encounter as they work towards achieving their goals. Now here's our hosts, Martin Morgan and Becca Weinveen. This is the Busy Bays podcast, a podcast that's all about being the ultimate marketing and business resource for auto repair shop owners. Your state may be closed or beginning to slowly reopen while some of your stay-at-home restrictions are being lifted or adjusted week by week. Most people aren't sure what the coming weeks are going to look like. So today, we wanna focus on why building out your marketing strategy is something you can and should be doing during these times. Martin, we took a look back into the 2008-2009 recession. How had that affected independent repair shops? Yes, we found some data. We went back and looked to see what it looked like around the 2008-2009 time period and and that recession, just to get a general idea of of what happened in the market. And, um, you know, we we can't predict what's going to happen. And certainly this is not like that in that things got cut so quickly. Uh, And if you've turned on any piece of of media, you've certainly heard and and likely seen the uh, unemployment marks and how that set records for the United States. But what we found as you look back on 2000 and 2009 is that there was definitely more DIYers out there, more people buying parts and uh, doing their own repairs. But good news for independent auto repair shops is that the independents gained 1.5% market share during those two years and really took most of that from the dealerships. And what's helpful through that period of time and what often happens in recessions or slow economic time periods is is people tend to keep their vehicles longer, which of course opens up more opportunities for repair shops. Wow. I actually didn't, I didn't even think about all the, the DIY stuff that would be happening then. Hopefully Um, we're not seeing so much that now, but I don't really think we are as shops are really reliant on, um, well, the time that they, not the shops, the customers are really reliant on giving their cars to the shops because they don't have time because they're home with their kids. I mean, they're doing homeschooling, working from home. It's a lot different scenario this time. Right. It is, it is a different, different scenario because of one of those factors that you mentioned for sure, Becca, which is the childcare. And the other thing is things happen so hard and so quick. A a lot of ways people just kind of froze and they didn't make any decisions and they they didn't spend uh, much, although they did spend on something. Uh, So it's hard to say how that's going to play out over these next few months. And granted, I mean, these these last few months haven't always been the positive side of things. I know a lot of people are struggling either financially or just dealing with homeschooling. That's a huge challenge. So no one wants to focus on this negativity during this time. But like I said, it's pretty easy to get pulled in. So let us remind you that recessions can actually force people to prioritize necessary purchases over those preferred ones. And that is great news for your shop. So. Why should shops take this opportunity to focus on their market strategy? In part, based on what you said, Becca, as far as it presents opportunities, potentially, 
uh, you're, you're looking at people that are not going to spend that extra money to get that new vehicle. They're likely to hold on to their vehicle longer. But everybody's going to know that, and the competition can be fierce. So what happens is everybody's thinking, all right, this pie is going to get smaller. So people put more time and effort into trying to get their piece of the pie and potentially expand that piece of the pie you have likely dealerships that are going to see that as well. And they're going to really feel it on their new sales and the area of new sales, I should say. So anything they can make up on the service side, it, they're going to try to do. And the challenge there too, is that they've got more money likely to throw at the problem. And they're going to throw that money at the problem as they typically do. But as an independent auto repair shop, the, the advantages or how you get your advantages, you can win by playing smarter. So be smarter about the game that you're playing. Think about what is a good audience to target. Think about how you can get ahead of your competitors. Think about those advantages that you either already have or that you can gain on those competitors to make sure that you have that piece of the pie that you want and those, those advantages can be gained in multiple ways. Sometimes those are specific services, but sometimes those are marketing or sales advantages that you have other people over your competitors. So you want to consider your market. You want to spend that time and be strategic about it because those shops that are not strategic who feel like they can just continue to do what they've always done are unfortunately the ones that are going to be the most likely to be looking on the outside, looking in. So you had mentioned an audience. So what shops need to do, they want to kind of narrow down what kind of work and what kind of customers that they want to go full speed ahead, right? I mean, do you see that being a good thing to trying to define your market better? Yes, absolutely. And that's one of the keys. Oftentimes, one of the fastest paths to failure is trying to be everything for everybody. So a great thing that you can do is maybe you have some specialization and that might be geared towards certain makes and models. It might be geared towards certain types of vehicles. Uh, also, you know, so you want to consider that and who the audience is specifically for those types of services. What you also want to do is consider who are your best customers. And how do you get more of them? So go through, if you haven't already done this, and you may already have, but who are those best customers of yours and how can you try to get more of them? You want to know as much about those audiences that you're trying to attract as you can. Another way to think about it is who might your best customers be now? So based on what has happened over these past two to three months, things may have changed in a material way that would make you reassess who your best customers could be. Uh, you, you may consider a customer that perhaps six months ago you didn't think was that great of a customer now might fit better based on where we are um, and, and what you expect people to be spending their money on, how often they might come into the shop, all of those things. So, so you really want to spend some time to consider what types of customers do you want to attract, and then you really want to think through what are the specific things that we can know about these customers. Everything from demographic information to 
to psychographic information, which would be, you know, what are they like? Uh, what are their interests? What do they do on the weekends? Almost type of a thing. You want to try to get put these great customers in a box and then get to know them or write up a profile of them as best you can. Yeah, when we think about them, we need to think beyond ourselves. It's not about us. It's about who's going to be coming in the doors. What are they seeing on Facebook? What kind of stuff are they listening to on the radio? I mean, put that in the shop. Um, but also asking questions of your employees, of yourself as a shop owner, like what kind of questions should the shop owners be asking about these customers that they are trying to get a hold of in their shop? That's a really important question because you want to make sure that you are asking the right questions. And, and I would encourage you to think beyond maybe the levels that you often do, but to try to think more into the psyche of, of your potential customers. You know, how are they feeling? It's a time where a lot of us are just, there's so much uncertainty. We feel insecure. Some may be fearful. We, we feel stuck in a box because we, we can't go out of our homes, you know, in some areas, there's a lot of really uh, strong feelings that are, that are close, you know, close to our, our close, close to our mouth that we're really feeling. Uh, and so this is a time to really consider that and to consider how your potential customers are feeling. The other, another piece is what are they seeking? What are, if they're feeling this way, then what are they seeking? And I always go back, and I, I referenced this on the webinar I did recently too, to what one of my broadcast journalism professors said when I was at Syracuse, and it's one of the things that stuck to me, stuck with me, I think, and helped me throughout my career, is that he said uh, the goal of a journalist is to afflict the comfortable and to comfort the afflicted. And right now really feels like the time where you want to comfort the afflicted. A lot of us are afflicted for various reasons. And so we're seeking out comfort. And so when there's anything that you can offer, and you can, you definitely can, that speaks to comfort, that speaks to safety, that speaks to making things easy, those are the things uh, that you really want to consider uh, when it comes to your customers and what they are seeking, they're seeking out that comfort. They're, they're seeking out safety. They're seeking out things that make them feel good, that help them do something at a time when they may feel kind of helpless and like they can't. So that's just, you know, some of those things to really think through and then to, to help you decide on how you want to approach uh, the market. That reminds me of if, if a customer calls into your shop, the simplicity of having someone who's friendly, who answers the phone, I think that changes so much of a dynamic of what's happening in the world now to, Now of not really knowing what to expect, not knowing if you're going to have a job or maybe you don't right now. If you're calling in to get your car fixed, one more stressful thing to kind of deal with, if somebody's kind to you on the phone, it's just like just a wave of like, whew, calmness. And I think that's helpful. It's totally true. And, and oftentimes, especially in business, we, we just kind of push that to the side or we don't think that that, that matters as much. And, and, and maybe sometimes it doesn't or maybe when things are really busy and, uh, you know, you lose a customer, it's not as big of a deal. But now it's really a big deal. 
And if you can truly connect with somebody and help them solve a problem, then you're likely going to win their business now and for a long time, uh, a long time to come. So why, why is it so important to actually show that you understand your customers' problems or their needs that they're facing? I think it's, it's really so important because it, it helps the customer feel acknowledged. It helps mm-hmm. them feel like, okay, you know, they care about me. They're, they're trying to see where I'm coming from, or maybe you've done something really well and they're saying, oh, they see exactly where I'm coming from. They, they understand me. They understand what my needs are. I can trust them. They're a credible, credible provider. Uh, showing awareness, especially of those first level emotional needs, helps you connect with somebody in a, in a way that builds trust almost immediately. And right now, a lot of it is about trust because we are seeking that security. We're seeking that comfort. We want to know it's somebody that we can trust. And when we, when somebody instantly picks up the phone and they're able to almost immediately comfort us and be friendly and answer our questions and help us really feel like they're going to take care of us, then that's going to, that's going to make a connection where we are going to put trust in that person to take care of whatever service that we're calling about. And that's definitely true when it comes to auto repair. Uh, Similarly to one of the things I, I mentioned earlier is that most often people buy on emotion. So there are emotional cues that make them buy. And so they buy on emotion and then they use facts and data to make them feel good about the purchase. So uh, an emotion is a human connection. And when they have that human connection, if you can make that human connection with somebody, that's going to greatly increase the likelihood that they are going to buy from you, regardless if they have facts or data to, to, um, to make the purchase, right? Because they, they just, how many people, and, and we all do it, even though sometimes we don't like to admit it, how many people, uh, and, I, and I'm raising my hand because I, I do this too, we go, we talk to somebody, and we just get the feeling like we've connected with somebody and we trust them, and so we make our decision based on that. And then later on, we might say, oh, yeah, well, look at this information and look at this data or look at these facts about this thing that I just purchased. It is better than every other option. Um, and, you, you know, facts and data can sometimes be manipulated to just prove the point that we want it to prove. Uh, so from that standpoint, you know, we've, we've made an emotional decision, and that happens in auto repair as well. When you've connected, when you've built that trust, uh, somebody's going to believe in you. They're going to believe in, in what you say. They're going to be much more likely to take the recommendations that you offer for their vehicle. They're going to be more likely to spend that extra money on those additional repairs that you assure them are important for their car, for for their safety. And so really making that connection and understanding them as well as possible h- helps you helps you in lots of different ways. And they're going to come back to you. I think that's a huge thing. Like with me personally, the emotion piece of actually being able to connect with somebody, that is the reason either I will 
buy these Girl Scout cookies or I will watch this show because I connected with the actor on TV or they were relatable. So, I mean, that's just like in a shop, like you said, with the emotions and tying with the emotions. We think about like messaging. So messaging on your website or Facebook or any type of flyers. Maybe you're putting stuff in the radio or in the newspaper. How do shops figure out what is the best type of messaging for their customers? So a great way to think about your best type of messaging is to take those emotional needs and tie them right into the, the messaging that you use to try to attract customers. Right. You, you want to make sure that it's very genuine. Uh, but if you know that people are seeking comfort and safety, then you want to message and, and mention the things that you are doing that promote or ensure comfort and safety that make somebody know that they're not going to have to worry about anything. Uh, maybe that's something like no touch service, you know, pickup and delivery, uh, n- no need to have any sort of contact with anybody from the shop and uh, also to know that your car is going to be completely cleaned and and left uh, sanitized and ready to go. You know, no fear, no worry. Everything's going to be exactly like you would hope. Uh, And again, you want that to be, you want that to be genuine for sure. Uh, And when you think about, you know, the best kind of messaging and and where should you be, uh, which is another aspect of the question that you asked, Becca. You, you want to think again about your audience and where are they now? What are they using? It's, it's, uh, we, we've seen a, a lot of people who are turning to Facebook or something like Nextdoor probably more than they had previously, partly for news. Uh, part of that is because, we, you know, as the, the pandemic has, has spread, and we get some national news, we can get some state news. We want it, we want hyper local news. So we do not necessarily care. And, and to some extent, obviously we care. But when it comes to us personally, we want to know, has somebody tested positive in our grocery store down the street? You know, what are the schools that are close to us doing? Or what opportunities are here? Or, you know, what is happening there is there something we need to worry about how how many positive uh covid cases have there been in our zip code so we want to know all these things or oh, in in hey who who has who has toilet paper and paper towels in our zip code or in our neighborhood we want to know all those things hyper local and local news can't give us that it's not local enough but places like facebook and next door that's part of what they're built on. So people are are going to those sources really as as news, um, not like you know they're typing up news necessarily, but for their neighbors and friends who are sharing things, so they know what to do. So if people are spending more time there, then those are potential aspects that you can share your messaging. Now, certainly on something like Facebook, any social media. Typically, my rule that I that I share is 80-20. You should 80% of the time be providing value, and you earn that 20% of promotion by that 80% of value. So how do you potentially provide value? You can provide value by maybe supplying some of that news. You know, if, if you found the uh, 
few places in town that are that have or, or in your zip code or in your neighborhood area that have paper towels and toilet paper or maybe it's the target that always has it at like 8 a.m but runs out at 10 then share that with people you know if people see you as a source of value and value changes what you can do changes um then they're gonna they're gonna look to your facebook feed or they're gonna pay attention to to what you're putting on there um it might also be you know talking about other local businesses or letting them know as businesses open uh, it can also be obviously stuff about their vehicles we we shared and have have uh have i think it went around all of us and we looked and said oh yeah these are really good tips but you know it was a facebook post about and i think that you had found it or built it back it was about hey here's what to do with your vehicle if you're not really using it every day to commute like you typically yeah. are. And that's real, that type of thing is really helpful. That's the type of value that you can build in. And you start to build your brand. You start building your reputation as somebody that provides value. And then, then potential customers start subscribing or following you. And then they see that. And then when they have a need, they're going to think about you. I think the biggest thing, too, is actually engaging. So, I mean, I, I actually use the Nextdoor app, I mean, quite often, and I look at what people are posting and sharing, and that's definitely how I learn kind of what's going on in my neighborhood and this, this part of town where I am. Um, but if I see a business, like, granted, I know businesses can't um, promote anything on Nextdoor or anything, but even on Facebook, if, if businesses are engaging with the the people of the town. I love it because it's like you see them almost as a person, the whole business kind of like I put that mentally like this facade of like this is this is the face of this business. And I I imagine their their funny little remarks or anything. That's them. You know, that that really is their brand. And I value that reading. It always makes me laugh if I see them sharing things on Facebook or like you said, creating value, being helpful. And then when their ad comes on or a promotion, I'm not annoyed because I already like them. Right. Yeah. It's, it's totally true. And it's, it's similar to the points that we always make about encouraging our customers to post as much as they can, or, you know, ask us to post as much as, as, um, as they have about their, their support of local organizations because that's really important to people. The the hyper local um, movement or just community. Know, our, our community is is a good way to put it. It it's it's definitely true. It's clear and people like that sort of thing. And then you start to see the those businesses as more than just uh, somebody that you know changes oil or or might give you uh, new brakes. You start to see the people. You start to see it as uh, something um that really some somebody that really cares about the community is invested in the community and wants the best for everybody which definitely makes a big difference and we hit pretty hard on sharing those messages on social media but also looking to your google my business profile that is a great place to put any updates like hours of operation or make sure that it's always updated because I as a consumer I'm always looking online and the GMB the Google my business profile that's what I always see pop up yeah that's that's 
that's a big one. You want to communicate to your customers, potential customers, as much as possible. You know, we're we're all uncertain. I, I guess I shouldn't say we are all, but it feels like we're all uncertain about what's open and what's not open and what the hours are, and and people want to see updates on that. Uh, so even even if you haven't changed a thing, it's not a bad idea to put a message on. Uh, your website to say, hey, we're still open normal hours. Uh, it's, it's as you mentioned, Becca, a great idea. You, you can use your Google My Business profile. You can use, use the post in there to post, hey, we're still open on normal hours. You know, please come and visit. And I think the other piece, the kind of a holdover from the last question as well, as we talk about how you do your messaging, when you do do that promotion, and you can use the Google My Business Post to do it as well, uh, but also Facebook, any, any of those social media sites. When you do your promotion, make sure to tap into those emotions like, like we had talked about. Um, no, matter, no matter what you choose or where you choose to quote unquote advertise, uh, you wanna make sure that you're, you're speaking directly to those, mo those emotions and something along the lines of, you know, you need you need auto repair, and are you looking for a place that you can be totally sure is going to be safe, uh, and you can go through the whole process from the comfort of your your home with no touch service and a fully cleaned and sanitized car. You know, give us a call, and uh, we're happy to help you. We're doing that for all of our customers right now. So when you when you speak when you put these messages out, you, you want to use the information that you pulled together, your understanding of your potential customer base, and you want to tap into that emotion and into those feelings uh, where you can in any way, any place that you're, that you are, you know, again, marketing or advertising. Fully laying out expectations is something that I always value in any place I go, whether it's during a pandemic or not, um, when I know what to expect or how they're going to make it easier on me and how I'm going to be able to work with this person and how I'm not going to be jumped place to place or just be confused on the whole process, that just makes everything so much better. So if you're able to share that either on your website too, um, with a clear definition of you call here or you can text from home and we can pick up your car. Just make it clear and transparent to your customers too. That's that is really important. It's part of the battle of expectations, right? So we 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 all have had that experience where because our expectations were so high, we felt let down because something didn't match those expectations. But this is one of those times where you really do want to communicate and lay out those expectations of what somebody's going to experience. And you want to make sure that you deliver on those as well. And once you are able to find that certain customer that you want to target, you know, think about those specific makes or models or jobs that you want to focus on. Then you transition to how can you target them with your messaging? Like Martin said, bring in that emotion and how can you really make it relatable for them? But what is the most important thing that a shop can do to follow through Martin? The key thing with that is you've got to be able to deliver at the moment of truth when, when you have to deliver on your promise, because a lot of what marketing is, is you're making a promise to your potential customer 
and you've got to be able to deliver on that every single time. And that's where something like Google reviews or Facebook reviews really comes into play because people are, are they're referencing, they're talking about their experience. And a lot of it is based on the expectation. It's based on the promise that you made in your marketing and then your ability to deliver on that. So one of my, my key recommendations is to make sure that you've identified all of those critical processes that you need to deliver on from what your marketing promises are and that you document them, which does mean you've got you know, a printed copy, uh, whether it's written or typed out, you've got a copy of what that exactly what that process looks like because you need to deliver on it every single time because the first time you don't, you're going to see that bad Google review because somebody's disappointed that it didn't happen exactly the way that they expected to happen. So you, you've got to be able to deliver. And one of the best ways to ensure that you do that is to make sure that all of your critical processes and maybe the not so critical ones are documented. Have a plan and execute it well. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly right. You know, if you, if you don't have that plan or if let's say, yeah, it's great because it happens anytime that you're in the office, but the process really just lives in your head. And if by chance you have to be out of the office, that that all of a sudden opens up your shop to not being able to execute the process. If somebody else can't do it, if somebody can't else can't run that process or whether it's customer service or something related to the repair, uh, that that's a problem. So you want to make sure that you've documented the process that you shared the process the documentation of it with anybody that might have to uh, run that process and, and that you're always able to execute it actually just last week martin himself hosted a webinar that went hand in hand with what we talked about today so if you are still looking for more on how to create your market strategy head on over to our website, which is www.myrsw.com. Check out the resource center at the top and it'll be under webinars. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to hang out with us and good luck with your market strategy. Thank you for listening to the Busy Bays podcast. If you want more information about this, please visit myrsw.com and go to our resource center. We plan on hosting one of these every month, so subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out. We just have one more favor to ask of you. It would mean the world to us if you would share this with your friends and colleagues. Our goal is to help auto repair shops succeed, so you can help us achieve this goal by just telling someone else about this show. Thanks again. Have a great day.